Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. It is Victory Monday here. We're recording at 9.30, kind of late. Had to, had to fit it in, but we really wanted to talk Niners football. Obviously, a massive win against the Rams. I think I said this on the episode before. If you lose this game, playoff chances are gone. If you win this game, they are very alive. I think I said, I, I at least told you, Jake, that it, to me it was a, if you lose this game, you have a 0% chance of, of like realistically like actually having a true playoff chance. And now I think it's like 51. I'd give them the, the benefit of the odds. Just around 50-50, but I'm, I'm, I, I trust the Niners. Just how they can – I mean, I don't know. I, tr- I trust them. I, I think that they can do this. Obviously, they have the Bills co- upcoming. We're going to be talking all about Week 13 and the Bills game in an episode that will release on Friday this week. But for today, we're going to be talking about this, this last game against the Los Angeles Rams and really just like what they have to do to make the playoffs now moving forward and, and just talking about, that, about these chances that they actually have. So, Jake, I'll start with you, man. What about this game really stood out to you the most? It was really honestly the defense. Uh, Gibbons, Kinlaw, Armstead, Sherman, Jimmy, they, they all stepped up. And uh, that was huge to me. Um, you know, without the impact those guys made, uh, we don't win this ball game. The defense stood really, really tough. And, uh, you know, Kinlaw, I think specifically, really stepped up big time. He was getting a ton of pressure. He got the pick six where if he doesn't get that pick six, I don't know that we win this game. Um, so the defense really, man, they, I mean, they stepped up big. And, you know, obviously you can't say enough about Robbie Gold. Yeah, I mean, he, he came up clutch. And he did miss the really deep one at the end of the half. But, like, he's never been the type of guy to go out there and nail super deep field goals. So, I mean, he, he had two very big field goals. So, I mean, props to Robbie for that. Um, Big-time game winner. You brought up the defensive line. Obviously, like, guys had to step up. They have been stepping up. Carry Hyder, dude, hell of a season to, to, to carry Hyder because he has just been playing on a whole nother level this year. Also, you didn't bring this man up, but Debo Samuel coming back, this man owns the Rams. That's, I mean, he posted something. I don't know how many people listening are on Twitter or Instagram. Debo basically posts this thing just like making fun of him. And, and I, I absolutely love Debo. He is such a dominant player. I don't know if you saw this, Jake. So he had 133 yards on, I believe, 11 catches. 11 or 12. I'm pretty sure there's 11, though. And out of those 133 yards, he had 136 yards after the catch. So in other words, pretty much everything is thrown behind the line of scrimmage to him. And he also had a pass that was like 15 or 20 yards downfield. So that means like most of these passes are like five yards behind the line of scrimmage. And it's just all up to him. Get the yards. And he had over 80 yards after contact. I know he broke six tackles. This last game, his, his performance was the best yards after contact performance for a receiver this season. So dude just brings the physicality to the offense. The offense was not clicking. Nick Mullins is not a good player. Um, but they were able to, to score some points. They capitalized early with the Mostert touchdown. But it was Debo who was absolutely carrying that offense. So 
I mean, dude, props to him. He's balling. Um, but the defensive line, Jimmy Ward, I mean, you, this whole season has been like, oh, look, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, they're carrying the defense. That wasn't necessarily the case on Sunday. And it's not like they played bad or anything like that. But it wasn't about those guys. And that's what was really cool to see. Jimmy Ward, he had a 94 PFF grade. I know that Kinlaw had a PFF grade over 90. You brought up the pick six, but he had constant pressure. Um, you were telling me a lot about Armstead, that Armstead was getting a lot of pressure. Kerry Hyder had two sacks. Uh, Givens had a, a big-time play. Like, just all around the board, guys are stepping up. Uh, obviously, Sherm had the interception. Not the, not the most difficult interception he's made in his career, but it's an interception nonetheless. And you also got Jason Rett playing really well. Um, uh, Jamar Taylor tore his ACL, so hopefully he heals up. He, he was playing really well this season, stepping in, in that reserve role. Uh, they brought E-Man in. E-Man got beat a couple times, but it's really it's got to be so tough for a corner coming off the bench. But just overall, on the defensive side of the ball, playing like an absolute just unit and it, just a team. And, 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 I mean, they're talking about – I mean, Sherm basically said after the game, like, give, um, give Robert Sala that, that Detroit head coaching job. And I think we're going to see something like that because you look at this defense and it's it's a guy stepping up and, and it's like, it's no excuses. Oh, look, all these guys are out. This is the top 10 defense. I, I believe it's probably top eight now. Maybe maybe it's top five in like the, the uh, VOA. But, I mean, they're, they're good. They're a good defense and they're missing so many guys. What, Sherm had missed nine games? There, there's so many guys out. So, like, just overall fantastic team effort from the 49ers. Yeah, man. And uh, just to go back on something you said earlier, talking about the offense. Uh, I mean, in that second half, we played about as crappy of an offensive second half as you could play. I mean, Nick Mullins just could not move the ball at all. And on top of that, Raheem Mostert had eight carries. He had a fumble and he had one yard rushing. So the fact that, you know, Basically, everything snowballed, and it went from bad to worse offensively, and we still somehow were able to manifest enough offensive willpower to get down there and win this game on Robbie Gold's leg. Is, uh, it's amazing, man. And that just, I think, speaks to the level of um, depth that we have, the level of coaching that we've been getting. Um, all around, the team has been playing phenomenal. And when you look down the pipeline at some of the guys we're getting back, uh, Garoppolo, who's, you know, being rumored back here within the next probably two weeks. You have Kittle coming back within the next month, assuming we're still playoff relevant. You're getting Ayuk and DJ Jones back uh, for Buffalo. So, you know, these, are, these guys aren't slouches. Uh, you know, the guys we're getting back, we, we talked about this early on in the season that it just felt like, you know, when are we getting the reinforcements? Like we always just felt like there were reinforcements coming. And when reinforcements were coming, something else came and stole the reinforcements, whether it was another injury, whether it was COVID. Um, it, it didn't matter what it was. It just felt like we kind of were getting screwed over. And for the first time, and I feel like a long time, uh, we're not really getting screwed over. We're getting our guys back and we're getting healthy and it's showing on the field. I mean, you, you brought up the, the most cert fumble. Jeff Wilson also fumbled. Nick Mullins threw an interception. There was a lot of turnovers on the offensive side of the ball. Nick Mullins, he didn't play very well, 
but he did make a couple big-time throws. They were in a funk. He hit Richie James for 29 yards. He had a big throw to Kendrick Bourne. He, I mean, a couple of the slants at the end of the game to Debo were also big. Like, so he did make some good throws. He also had pressure in his face all day from Aaron Donald. And one thing I do want to bring up, I've been defending Mike Mugenshi a ton, but he was getting cooked, absolutely cooked. Now, pretty much anyone that goes against Aaron Donald does, except for Daniel Brunskill, man, owns him, but not really. But he's had some good games. Um, but, I mean, you look at all these, these turnovers on the offensive side of the ball, and they still get it done. A lot of tackle for losses. Sherman had a tackle for a loss. Greenlaw had a tackle for a loss. Givens, obviously. Street had a tackle for a loss. Um, you know, they, they just they, a lot of, lot of big plays. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I was really, really impressed. I think I also saw a tweet talking about this, talking about Trent Taylor. He did a fantastic job in the punt return game. Very smart, very smart plays. He went uh, two returns for 27 yards. Doesn't seem like a huge impact. However, this is a game where the offense is not clicking. Getting that into those field posi- that good field position and getting those field goals at the end of the game. And the Niners had three second-half field goals. That made the game right there. That's all also, the offense did, and they had that one touchdown drive. So that field position game, winning the game like that, that's, that's the Bill Belichick-type style of, of winning football games. You know, they're not all going to be pretty. Everything's off. you got to find a way to win. And you did that against a team that's pretty likely to make the playoffs in the Rams. So, I mean, well coached. You brought that up. Kyle Shanahan, he, he, I felt like he was, the offense was just like, not like clicking anyways, like we said, but he was able to just like squeeze it by. And that was very, very impressive in my mind. Yeah. And, and uh, going back to Trent Taylor, I think one thing that uh, we forget that he even did. I don't know if it was the final drive or the drive before the, the final drive, but he completely faked out the Rams on a fake fair catch and he saved us 20 yards. Cause if he doesn't do that, we're down at the one and there's zero chance we're winning that ball game or tying it up. I don't remember which possession it was, but there was no way. I mean, you know, when you're pinned inside the one, you know how hard it is to drive 99 yards down the field if we had all our guys healthy, let alone with Nick Mullins back there. So, you know, those kinds of plays kind of slide under the rug in what was a, a huge win. But those are the plays that, you know, save your season really at five and six now. Also, the, the beauty of this offense not really clicking and stuff, Mostert's just coming back. Jeff Wilson Jr. is just coming back. Debo Samuel's just coming back. And while Debo didn't look rusty, Mostert kind of did at times. And, and Wilson did at times, too. I mean, those two guys fumbled. But then guess who else is coming back? Brandon Ayuk. I mean, this offense is getting guys back. George Kittle's going to be back hopefully in a couple weeks. You brought up Jimmy. I mean, those guys are still up in the air. But even without those two guys, like, having, like the offense still has pieces. If the offensive line can, and can play well, and, I mean, and we're going to talk a lot about the Bills game because, I mean, just getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I mean, I think they can win the game. I think that they can they can get Josh Allen kind of out of sync, and that's how that's the recipe to win that game. The defense can do that. Now the offense, they just got to do their job. And you have Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel out at wide receiver. Those guys will make big time plays. Are they the prototypical? Oh, I'm gonna go, you know, run these routes like 20 yards down the field, you know, just like prototypical 
like regular wide receivers? No, but they're very good athletes. They're very good in open space. And Kyle Shanahan utilizes them very, very well. So I'm excited, man. I, I think that I think that we could see a, a Nick Mullins game that's that's better. Um, I think we could see him play a, a couple better games moving forward. But but what he did in this game, like I said, he, he's not a good player. I don't think he is. I think we've both agreed with that. He's he's you don't want him out there at quarterback. But he went 24 of 35. A lot of those are are very easy passes. But he had a couple a couple good throws. Um, the interception was tipped though. I mean, Nick Mullins gets a lot of passes tipped, so there's that kind of like factor in it. But he just just did enough to win the game, and that's what you want from a backup quarterback. Um, these, you know, you have him. It's not really a spot start because he's been starting for quite a few weeks now. But starting games with your backup quarterback, it's tough to get wins. Um, great job for him going out there winning that game. Um, Jared Goff, I think Jared Goff is. I think the verdicts should be out on him. You pressure that man. He is going to not play well. And he threw two picks when 19 of 31 31 for 198 yards. Not a very good game. He had a QBR of 10. 10. Nick Mullins had 45. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I I was happy with this performance all around. Yeah, I mean, QBR of 10 and QBR of 45, that's a really, really ugly game. And I think that summarizes it perfect. It was an ugly game, man. And – that's kind of what we wanted going in, man. Uh, DVOA-wise, the Rams were ranked the number seven team uh, going into the NF- or the number seven team in the NFL going into this game. Um, so basically, you go in there and you beat the number one team in your division and the number seven team in the NFL down all your troops. Basically, that is impressive. Um, and DVOA-wise, looking down the pipe here, the Bills are number 12. Uh, and, you know, we just proved that we could beat number seven. So what's saying that we can't beat number 12? You know what I mean? Um, I think that more or less with Nick next week, we are going to have to make that game ugly. We're going to have to force turnovers. But on our side of the ball, we're going to have to limit the turnovers. And, uh, you know, like – I like your point that, that you bring up about the rust. Uh, I do think there is an element of rust. You know, you're not just going to have a guy get thrown back into the fire and be super, super good. Unfortunately for a guy like Raheem Mostert, Kyle Shanahan didn't really have, you know, typical running back kind of, you know, rotation because the reality is, you know, everyone has rust right now. Jarek McKinnon is banged up as we saw, um, uh, Mostert's coming back off an injury. Wilson's coming back off injury. Coleman's not healthy yet. So he didn't have this flexibility and availability to really kind of rotate guys in and out. And I think that will change uh, as we go deeper here into the season. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and this is just going to be kind of a quick recap ap- episode, letting you guys know, hey, the Niners, they have a, a real chance to make the playoffs. I know that like a couple weeks ago, they were at like a 4% or a 1% chance. Kind of crazy how that stuff can turn around. But just to kind of give you guys a, a thought of where they're at right now, the three teams that are in the wild card slots for the NFC are the Rams at seven and four, the Bucks at seven and five, the Cardinals at six and five. And then in the bubble, 
the Vikings five and six, the Bears five and six, and the 49ers five and six. Um, we'll get into like week 13 specific matchups, but they got to they got to jump the Bears, the Vikings, and one of either the Cardinals, Bucks, or Rams. The Bucks seem unlikely. However, the Rams and the Cardinals play each other two times, and the 49ers have now beat the Rams twice. And if they beat the Cardinals, I mean, hopefully they can get that tiebreaker. There's obviously divisional impacts in that in that way, but I mean, they have a good chance. They have a very good chance if the Cardinals can lose a game that you know you that they don't expect to lose, and the Rams do the same thing. I mean, the Niners kind of control their own destiny here on out. So you got the Bills, you got the football team, you got the Cowboys. And then you got the Cardinals and the Seahawks. I don't think there's a better way to end out the season than must wins against the Cardinals and the Seahawks. I mean, that, that's what you want, right? That's why, we, that's why we watch this sport. So this is going to be an exciting ending. Hopefully, somehow they can get the, the job done against the Bills. We're going to be breaking that down on Friday. But I don't have anything else. Jake, is there anything else you kind of want to bring up for this recap episode? Uh, yeah, I mean, just looking down the pipeline, I would, I would say, you know, We've, we've talked so much about, oh, you know, who should the 49ers draft and jumping draft stock. And it, it feels so refreshing now to talk about the playoffs and not jumping draft stock, you know. And, I mean, you look at all the possibilities of, of potential records, right? I mean, I think just looking down the pipeline, you're, you're guaranteed at least two more wins. And I've been saying that with the Cowboys and the football team. If you can get three or four wins, I think you're pretty safe to say we're going to make the playoffs. And that's really exciting to kind of have available. And, and just to say that, because, you know, had we lost this game, we would have lost four in a row, four in five weeks coming off of the bye. It would have been, uh, you know, irreversible, unrecoverable from. And we would have been sitting here these last uh, four or five weeks just – hey, is it Zach Wilson time in San Francisco? And, you know, I'm just glad that that's not the case. And instead, we're going to be talking about uh, perhaps playing meaningful football games. But I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, it's funny because the last episode we did was, okay, who are our top five quarterback prospects? I mean, it's, it's fun to talk about. Don't get me wrong, because it's exciting to think of, okay, like what if Justin Fields, Trey Lancer, Zach Wilson is in a Kyle Shanahan offense? Like, yeah, it's super exciting. But it's not that fun thinking about right now. Also, we talk about all this stuff. It really seems like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back for those final two games of the year. So you're going to learn a lot about his future too. That's, that's also something that it seemed like no one has talked about. Is like, hey, if they're playing, you got to win. You have to win this game. And maybe they get down to the last second drive. And it's like, Jimmy, bring us to the playoffs. And he comes through. We're going to see a lot of people's minds change, at least at least for the 49ers fan base. I know that a lot of common NFL fans that don't follow the Niners that much do not think highly of Jimmy G. It's whatever. I've always liked Jimmy G. Obviously, this year hasn't been the best year, but he's going to have a chance to prove it at the end. I mean, it, it definitely seems like that because it seems like – I mean, it, at least they're going to get to the point where they, have, they can beat the, the Cardinals and the Seahawks and, like, they will make it. It seems like that is very likely that that's the case. Um, but that's exciting to me. It's like, all right, Jimmy, win it. Get us to the playoffs. Like, it's all on you, man. Like, you're back. You're healthy. Let's win it. Let's, let's do this thing. So 
that's what I'm excited for. But uh, I think that's gonna gonna wrap it up for today's episode. But thanks everyone for listening, and we'll be back here on Friday. Um, and and go 49ers, man, because they got they got a true shot this year, which did not look very promising a couple weeks ago. But uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you.